Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Chronic Relief. Um, I'm excited to have today's guest, although I'm always excited, but I'm actually excited because it's uh, my very, <laughs> he's already ready. He's like ready to like unload. No, it's my very good friend. He's a very funny comedian and I always fuck up his name because I'm very, <laughs> it's Pete Sirs. Did yes. I bring you to the mic correctly this Yeah, time? we got it. Uh, yeah, not only is he very funny and he's a good friend, but he's also, um, my personal trainer, if you will, and therapist, coach, life coach, um, gym boyfriend, if you will. Yeah, that's all those things. So welcome to Chronic Relief. Thank you. Um, basically I always just, um, I started this podcast because I feel like I, um, I have depression. I live with depression. And, hashtag um, me too. Hashtag you too as well. And um, I just feel that there's not enough conversation around mental health. And not in like a positive way, but I just think that it's uncomfortable for people to talk about. So I just want to invite people on that I really care about and I find interesting um, who also might be willing to share their experiences. Oh, for sure. And so I know this about you because I've um, I've performed with you before and just hearing your comedy and stuff. And you're so fearless when it comes to talking about your struggles on stage. Or I don't like to say struggles because I think labeling puts meaning behind things that, you know. But, I, but you live with depression. Right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I knew that from your comedy. And you find, yeah, and the so one thing weird. that I love about it is you find the funny in it. And that's so challenging. It's something that I haven't even been able to do yet is, um, I'm still struggling with like, how do I find the funny in my, um, co- in my mental health? Right. So that's so cool. Um, I mean, I feel like I just talked about, like I thought about stuff about my life and, I didn't think of it as like, I never thought of it as the stuff that was bringing me down and why I was depressed. And it was just, these are just my stories. But then as I would tell them and, you know, perform everywhere, people would come and be like, oh man, like. I can really you know, relate to that. Yeah. Like when you said that, like, you know, my girl cheated on me or my dad went to prison or this and that. And you're just like, oh wow. Like I am talking about, I just thought they were funny things. Right. Um, now my question is, is like you are open that you live with depression is yeah, that correct for sure have you were you a kid that lived with depression or was this something that you experienced as you got older um well i don't really talk about this on stage but um like my dad before he got like involved with uh you know doing drugs and selling drugs and whatnot um he was pretty abusive towards me not pretty like my dad used to hit me um verbally abused me physically abused me um but like i didn't know any better because you know when you grow you're up you're a kid yeah when you're you're a kid but also like i feel like in the hood like everyone's parents like beat their ass right. for the most like and also i grew up in an era where parents were still kind of allowed to beat their kids ass uh and like yeah this is not 2019 yeah exactly and so i that was just the norm and it wasn't until it's almost part of the culture. No, for sure. I mean, especially like with you know with Mexicans and you know there was you know a lot of black people in our neighborhood too. But like I feel like it's more of a cultural thing amongst like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really know. I don't really remember a ton of like white kids at like my junior high or elementary school that 
would talk about it or they were, I don't know. But for me, it was just, that was just my life, you know, right. but I was also like at the same time, like involved in sports. I was also like class clown and right. like I was all, like I was voted most funniest like a bunch of times. And so it was like, I didn't even realize at that time, but like, I feel like I was always finding a way to make other people laugh to kind of get that. I don't know, the acceptance that we want mm-hmm. from other people or, and it kind of deflected what was going on. It makes sense that you gravitated towards sports and towards like making people laugh yeah. from your experiences at home. It only makes sense. I, I mean, I, th- I, I didn't realize, like I said, I didn't realize it at the time, but like looking back, it was like, oh yeah, no wonder like I loved baseball so much or like it was cool to like get kids to like me and I don't know. Um, but when I, I didn't realize it, like I said, until um, I started going to therapy as an adult. And Is that then, when you first started going? Yeah, I didn't go. I went, I, I did go, uh, I I didn't think about it, but like I do remember when I was a kid. Uh, Where I, did you grow up? Ontario. Ontario, California. Like by the Ontario mm-hmm. Improv represent um, July 2nd. What? <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I, I went to, th- I, I went to like some therapy when I was a kid. They thought I had like, uh, like ADD, but I think back then it wasn't quite like kids were just hyper. I don't think it was like called ADD. Um, and so I remember going to like different therapists and stuff and doing like all these weird tests and I was just a hyper kid and they right. were just like, oh, just, yeah, he's fine. Like psychologically he's fine. But, um, but when I was an adult going to like what? pain out of pocket for a therapist she was like yeah pretty much all the stuff from your childhood is what made you you know codependent or whatever like I used to be that as well um not so much anymore I've matured a little bit since then but um but that's when I really realized that everything that I went through as a kid like you know I would make people laugh and I would do all these different things it's because I needed the attention from others because my validation right because my dad wasn't giving it to me right my mom was my mom was great um I say was because as you know my mom is no longer with us and that messed me up too my mom died how old were you 20 okay so so you at least had one parent in the home who was nurturing and for sure yeah my mom was the best um we were super close. I was just actually writing about it before I came in here today. Um, I was super close to my mom. Like yeah. she always knew what was going on, um, you know, with like pop culture. And that, I feel like that's also why I'm really super into pop culture now. Because yeah. my mom was. And I, I re- noticed that about you. Is like for a guy, you know so oh, no, much. For it's sure. So, it's so fun. I find it to be funny. Like yeah. it's a part of, I, I love that about your you're who you are like i know every yeah because i would never expect you never expect some guy who like cares about fit and of course a straight guy i'm the cliche know? yeah like i'm you the, truly are a metrosexual like, man but like then i'm but then like i'm not because then i still like, like i know you're like, like meathead and, and i no, still but i think that's why i love like because it's like you defy all the gender expectations right sure. you're, you're almost like a, a teenage girl trapped in a straight man's body i think that's know? i think that's accurate you know because like i come into work out <laughs> you're playing like you know like, not britney but like you got bsb or, i, mean, I play britney too and like yeah i mean yeah you do have britney no i love that that's so cool that's like that's the time in my like uh that probably makes it easy for you to connect with women um the fact that i like backstreet boys no that like you're so up on the culture um i think that's part of it i was just 
I was just writing about this, like literally today. Um, I feel like I have a lot of friends that are girls because I was close with my mom. Yeah, because you had a good relationship with women growing up. Yes, and I think that also because I don't try to hook up with every girl that I meet. <laughs> Thank God. Is also a plus. Um, not that I don't find women. I mean, of course, like I love women, but like yeah. I just don't feel the need to like do that. But I think it does have something to do with the fact that I was so I had such a good relationship with she my mom. She taught you well. She taught me how to respect women, right. and you know I love my mom. Um, so yeah, but my my therapist as an adult was the one that was like, yeah, all these things that your dad did to you. That's what got you where you are. Right. Like now, even as an adult, even though that was like, you know, 30 years ago, whatnot, like it's still little things like when your brain was developing. And At what point know. did you get into comedy as um, like a career? As a career? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, well, like at what, like, like, like you were growing up, you were in high school, you were playing sports, right. you're... Were you act? Were you doing drama or acting as a kid? I was. Were you into the arts or anything like that? Sub like deep down, I was like I. I used but you played to, sports, right? But like I would always like I was always in the talent shows, like in elementary school, right? And like I won them a lot because. Did you go to college? Yeah, I went to Cal State Fullerton. For um, baseball. Uh, I mean, I thought so, and then I realized that I wasn't good enough, but <laughs> I got cut. Um, but I still played, like, I, st- I played with a bunch of guys, like, we, we did this, like, travel ball team, um, and, like, we ch- went to, like, a bunch of pro What did you go to college for? Stuff. Kinesiology. Okay. And so, you like, graduated? Fitness, yeah. So, were you doing comedy then? No. Were, like, was college, like, a happy time for you? I mean, it wasn't unhappy. I mean, you know, you're 18 to, what, 22 or so, um... I don't think I was com- as comfortable. I definitely know I wasn't as comfortable in my own skin then as I am now. Were you like were you were you like depressed in college and all? In retrospect, would you say? I don't think so. I think I was. I mean, dude, we used to go to clubs, fucking four nights a week, five nights a week. Um, I just think that I didn't. Uh, I just didn't know what I wanted. Right. You know, like I thought I was going to play baseball. And then when you realize that you're not going to, you're like, well, now what? So you kind of, but that's kind of like what I feel like what college is. It's like you think you think you have stuff figured out and then you go and you realize you don't. And then you finish school and then you're like, oh, wait, I still don't have stuff right. figured out. So I think it's crazy. We send like, it's, like how much college is, which is like the most expensive thing most kids will ever do in their entire life. Yeah. And you do it like right after <laughs> Right after high school, I wish I would go to college in my thirties. Yeah, I think it's better. I spend my twenties like sure. working, and then thirties really mastering like what it is. I read more now than I did in college, though. Like I hated reading, and I think it's this like now when I read, it's stuff that interests me versus like you have to read this because you have to read this. Be- you know what I mean? Like I don't know. I feel like I'm more intelligent now than so, I was in high school. I don't so know. you, so you went to college. You graduated. And then what did you do? Um, so that's when I, I started training right after school because back in the day, like I was always like, a, I was always into like lifting weights. Like I started lifting weights when I was like nine. Okay. Um, and then as I got to like college. Fitness has always been a part of your life. Yeah, for sure. And then like in college, you know, I was still playing baseball. Um, 
And that was when I, we, we really learned how to like lift weights the right way. This, I know this is boring to like half the people, but like, uh, I got better as an athlete because I started lifting weights. Um, so then well, I was that makes like, sense because you're strength training. Yeah, for right? sure. So the stronger you are, the better athlete you can be. Right. But I had never done it seriously. Like I kind of just messed around with it. So that was like when I really was like, oh, this is, this can really help. And then I realized that I wanted to do that. Um, I just thought it was a cool job to be a trainer. Okay. Like to tell girls. And it made you feel good too. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm a trainer. Like I thought it was like the coolest thing (laughs) to tell people that I was a trainer. Um, So that's what I did pretty much for the most part. And then I started, this is like, uh, oh, 2002-ish, somewhere around there. Like when I was done with school, um, I started, uh, do you remember that show, uh, like making the video on MTV? Yeah. It would be like a band yeah. and they would show them and make so it, yeah, they make yeah. So they would show uh like let's say like in sync, for example, like making their video <laughs> and they'd be at uh this dance studio in North Hollywood and I didn't know where it was, but I was like, I gotta go to this dance studio because these two kids that I went so I was on my high school dance team. I was in dance. Amazing. Yeah. Uh and there was these two kids that I went to high school with and they were dancing with Destiny's Child and uh this is before Destiny's Child was like big. I'm sorry. Yeah, they were dancing with Destiny's Child. And uh, then I ran into them at like somewhere in my hometown. And I was like, dude, I saw you guys on MTV. Like, that's so cool. They're like, oh, you got to go. You got to start going to the dance studio. So then I started taking dance classes. Um, and like, you know, since I was in the dance team in high school, like I could catch on choreography. And then I just started going to dance classes over there in the valley, like at all the studios, Millennium, Debbie Reynolds and stuff. Um and then I got a dance agent, like, I think, like, right around, like, like a few months later. So my first dance class ever was with Wade Robson. Oh, wow. You know who Wade Robson is? Yeah, of is? course. But you, the you, guy from the Michael Jackson. I mean, he's, like, <laughs> yes. the best dance. He was, he used to dance. He was like one of the kids in the documentary that yeah, is yeah. saying that. So you, you watched it? Yeah, of okay, course. Yeah. And I also knew who Wade Robson was because oh, yeah. he choreographed for, like, Britney Spears yeah. and NSYNC. And he was, like, one of the greatest choreographers. He was, yeah. Choreographers. He was great. Me. Um, so that was my first dance class and I was like, holy sh-. like it was such a, like an intense level. But like, then I realized like, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be that, I have to train with these people. So like I started going and like within like a couple months I had a dance agent and I was going on dance auditions and that was kind of like what I really wanted to do was sing. I used to sing back Are in the day. Are you a singer? I mean, not anymore, but like I, like I used to be able to sing really good. You don't, did, did, have we not had this conversation? You know, I tried out for O-Town. Oh my god! I feel like maybe you told me this. Yeah, this is crazy. This is like, yeah, like I love that. What Ashley from Motown? Yeah, no, he follows me on fucking Instagram. Um, anyway, um, did you, you almost made the cut? I made a couple cuts, but I didn't make like obviously the band. Um, but like that was like when I realized like okay, like if baseball doesn't work out, like I'm gonna pursue this as a thing. And yeah. then, so once I was done with school, I was like, okay, I want to sing. I started dancing. And I hoped that by being a backup dancer, I could kind of be like J-Lo or someone and kind of yeah. mo- move into like singing. Um, and I kind of did like, you know, I would sing. I would, we'd go like to like these like showcases and stuff and, you know, met a bunch of people through it and stuff. Did backup dancing for like a few years. Um, nobody really big. Um, and like, I feel like I always was a fan of comedy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, I just took a different path. And then I actually didn't start doing comedy because that was the initial question, uh, like, six years ago. My ex-girlfriend, 
Um, we were together for four years, and I caught her cheating on me. That must and be that, horrible. That messed me up, man. That like, was that was like a like big... that was that was like the kicker for me. That was like for me like how old were you? Thirty two. Yeah. So you were thirty two. Correct. You were dating this girl for how long? Four years. You thought you were going to marry her? Correct. And you caught her cheating? Not like in the act. So she was a model. Okay. That's how I roll. <laughs> and uh, she went to uh, she went to South Korea like on a modeling job, and she was going to be gone for three months. And I was like, I feel like some people wouldn't couldn't do that, you know. But I was like, yeah, dude, go. Like, of course. Right. Like, I would if I got a movie That's job very or supportive something. Supportive of you. Yeah, but if I, I mean, if I got a movie job or something, I would expect you to support me. So like, yeah, dude, go. Like, I'll be here when you get back. Like, I don't. Of course. You know. And uh, so she went off to South Korea, and uh, you know we would Skype and stuff all the time. And then there was like a moment, like a few weeks in. I don't remember the exact timeline, but like she just seemed different, you know, and it was like, yeah, like you're off doing your thing. But it was like I could just when you know someone really well, like you could just sense something. And so, you know, I kind of trusted my instinct, went through her emails and found a picture of her vagina that was sent to this other dude. And then I went back and creeped. How did you get into her email? Because she wasn't smart. I mean, she left her. Okay, I knew her email password. Okay, But there was something that made you. Yeah, like I just didn't, I just, and, and, you know, and my instincts were were right. And so I called her on it and then. Do you think she would have ever told you? I don't think so. I think she would have like, I mean, maybe we would have broken up afterwards anyway. I mean, probably, but I mean, who knows? But I don't think she would have told me. But having me find out was like, and then, you know, we, she came back and like, we were like going to try to work it out, but it just didn't. And so we broke up like a few months later. And that was really rough. That, yeah, you, that was obviously. bad. That was bad. Because it was like. You were obviously having, depressed. Having learned from my therapist after all. Because that was right after my dad went to prison too. It was like kind of so like. So you, you were feeling like abandoned. For sure. And, we, and that's what we, this is what we learned in therapy. <laughs> um, and so I was like, I wasn't suicidal. Like. No, but you were at the lowest point. But you know? I was like super, yeah. Like I it's was like betrayal. Like it's like again, someone the closest person to you betraying yeah. you and abandoning you. Yeah, we lived you. To, we lived together, and it was like you know. But looking, you know, after talking to my therapist and everything, it was like, well, your dad didn't give you that, so you had you were abandoned there, even though he was there, he wasn't there, and then your mom died, and now so it's like you have these constant things of abandonment happening, and just so she and that's how. Like I, because I, I also relate to these issues too. That's how we can end up. People like us end up in codependent relationships, right? In codependent situations, even friendships, workplaces, because mm-hmm. we we look for that what it, what we were missing growing up in other people yep. when we really need to give that to ourselves. So makes so much sense. Yeah. So you were so. So wow. so this so so what happened was uh, I was like. I, like I said, I wasn't suicidal, but like I knew that I wasn't right. And like I was going through all these places, like I thought I needed meds and I, maybe I did, but I was also like super like just irrational at that moment. So no one's going to give me meds based on like just how I'm feeling. So I started seeing a therapist, you know, time kind of went on. And at that point I was so lonely and stuff that like, and cause I also kind of discontinued talking to anybody that I knew through her. Right. Because I just didn't want any kind of, you know. So at that point, I just started doing 
anything that didn't remind me of her. So if someone was like, hey, let's go to this place, I'm like, sure. You know, but I couldn't go to places that we went together. Right. Um, and then I met um, my friend Natasha. Remember Natasha? Natasha Hansen? Yeah, Natasha Pearl I love Hansen. Her. So I know her from the gym. And she was like, come to my comedy show. And I was like, yeah, I should go to a comedy show. Because that was something that her, my ex-girlfriend and I never did. And I was like, perfect. It'll be something I can laugh. And I don't, it won't remind me of her. And then I went. And it was here at the comedy store. Um, and... It was fine, like like Sarah Silverman was on the show, and Amazing. like I was like, this is so cool. But like, there's a bunch of people that I didn't know. Obviously, um, it was in the belly room, and like some people did great, and some people were like so so. And in my mind, I'm like, I've always kind of like had this fascination with comedy, and I know that like I'm I could probably be okay. Yeah. Like I don't think I can do like what the greats do, but like I could probably be okay, and then just practice and get better so uh i just kind of like did some research somehow i came across uh matt's info and he was running shows in the main room it's like you know bring seven people or whatever and like and so like i was like fuck yeah i'll do it and i did it and like i didn't die right you know like i did okay I feel like, and some, at this point in your life, you're obviously grieving a breakup for sure, like, like a was, loss, almost like a death, because so, it's a death of a no, relationship. It totally was, yeah, a death of a friendship, a death of you a death know. of a whole like right. way of life that I knew. Like I was, like I was, def- I was one of the people that I hate, <laughs> but like defined by the relationship that right. I was in. And but it so only I, makes sense, yeah. And I didn't know my identity, um, but getting up on that stage, man, like. And the first spark something the in first you. joke i told was about her and what it, was it uh <laughs> so it <laughs> i would never tell this joke now <laughs> Say but it. uh no I, I remember it because it's my first joke um so it, they did like tag team you know mm-hmm. so there was no host and so i don't remember who the person was but she brought me up and uh she's like what do you want me to say about you and obviously i didn't have any credit i was like just say that i'm single um, <laughs> she's like next comic is single and I come out like thinking I'm all cool I'm like, what's up guys I'm single and I'm like I just got out of a four year relationship uh, and I'm like it sucks because now if I hook up with girls I have to use condoms because I don't want to give anyone the chlamydia that my ex-girlfriend gave me and uh, that's pretty funny I thought back then and uh, that was my first joke but like, it, it got some laughs I think mainly from like my friends that were in the audience that were like, oh, Ooh, shit. Roasted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like just the feeling that I had and I was like getting okay. up there and saying those words and just, just like saying getting that. Yeah. Like, like getting that therapy, like talking. And I, ta- I talked some more shit about her. Um, but like, like I said, I got some laughs, but like it was more just about the feeling I got. Like I did feel some kind of like empowerment Release. and I was like and it was something that, like I said, it had nothing to do with her. Like, it was just my own thing. It didn't But it was back. kind of the push that you needed. No, for sure. And uh, and that was, and then I just kind of, like, got buddy-buddy with Matt and just trying to figure yeah. out how I could help get involved and just get on stage as much as possible. And, and that was six years ago? Yeah. And you've basically, because you've, you've been, like, so immersed in your, I mean, you're one of the hardest working people I know, uh, comics. And yeah. so has that, has she tried to contact you? Your ex? She did a few years ago. Do you know, yeah, I guess we weren't we weren't friends then, huh? Um, she did start reaching out to me when uh, when you started uh, getting some su- some success. 
I think it was a combination of like she started seeing like I was like you know performing you know other places and like that I had clearly moved on and I think she had just gotten out of relationship and um, she had seen me like on TV and it was, it was just weird um, and uh, yeah she kind of got kind of trying to like get back but I was dating my girlfriend now at the oh time yeah she's 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 sweet she's the best and so. I know this from obviously being your friend, but you are not a, a, a weed smoker. I am not a weed smoker. But you do like CBD. I do like subscribe. CBD. I, I needed it. Um, I think you were the one that kind of put me onto it initially. Um, you know, as I've gotten older, my body changes, you know, and mm-hmm. I haven't slowed down physically. Like sometimes, you know, I get hurt or something, but like... I'm always like I go just as hard as I did, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever. Um, but because I'm older, my body sometimes doesn't adapt the same way, you know, and like I'm super sore. And I think that's how we got to talking because you were like, you know, told me you'd work mm-hmm. in a dispensary and I told you I didn't smoke. But because my brothers smoke, you know. Yeah. Have you smoked with my brothers? I don't think oh, I, I have know. yet. We should make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> they, they would love it. Uh, Anytime. Uh, I'm trying to be part of the family. So when, when I can, when I bring you up on stage, I won't fuck it up. When you, uh, you took a is Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had the picture of the, uh, the weed of bag. you with the big old bag. They're like, is because they they came to my house for Thanksgiving. They're like, is Wolfie coming? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but I invited you. I'm coming next year. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I did start doing CBD and I did start to notice that I wasn't, uh, as, as sore. sore. But also, like, you know, with doing stand up, like, I'm sure a lot of us have trouble sleeping mm-hmm. and I wanted something also to help me sleep. Um, so kind of a combination of like dealing with like my inflammation, my achy joints. Do you use the lotion that I told you or using I'd a tincture? Both. Um, I found that like the rubs kind of help with like immediate, you know, like if something's sore. They Did you try like, and rub it on your feet? You should do that. No, it helps me. It helps. It's well. That's what puts me to sleep. I've helped. I've done it on my feet. Like one of my feet are hurting, which is weird. Your feet are powerful absorption. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And so I rub the CBD, like this Papa and Barkley lotion that I'm like obsessed with, Uh and I swear, in like 20 minutes or even less, I'm out. Really? And I stay out, and I wake up, and I'm like not hungover or groggy or anything, and I'm like, wow. Well, I got to the point where, um, like, I was doing the tinctures too. Because I feel like, for me, I feel like those helped me sleep more. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I learned, I think, through you, um, that they're best with, like, a little bit of THC in there. Yeah, you need the THC to kind of activate the CBD. Right. And so when I did that, I was like, oh, I do sleep better. I do feel a little bit better. So then that's when I started to dabble in, like, taking some of the uh, THC edibles. Yeah, my okay, truly my mom to help me sleep. Is not a smoker, will never smoke weed yeah. in her life, but she subscribes to like the low dose yeah. THC CBD edibles, lotion and tinctures and sprays and stuff and yeah, it's changed me. her life. I feel so much better, especially now that weed is becoming more a more acceptable part of our culture because it was always kind of there. I find that um a lot of people are think are finding that CBD is very helpful to them. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to like anxiety or sleep or whatnot. And it's really cool to see people who wouldn't normally, obviously. Yeah, I used to be like totally, I mean, 
Just you were when I first met you. You were like, no. You I, were asking me questions yeah. about it. I was like, I don't want. I don't want to. I did. You know what it is too. I think we we've, we've talked about this, but like because I grew up religious, right. like and Catholic, which is like, I mean, and also because you're like very sensitive to your like to like you know yeah. drugs and things like that. You that's like a yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Because of my dad and right. stuff, and but just like learning more about the body and. Obviously, also learning how bad, like, just taking, like, ibuprofen and stuff like that. Because I, there was a point, that's when, I feel like when we met, when I was, like, I would be so sore and achy that I'd be taking, like, three or four ibuprofens at a time, like, once a day, but, like. That's so not healthy. I know, it's a lot. But, like, I was just so, you know, sore. But then I learned that, like, even though those masks the pain, they build up inflammation, because of what's inside of those, I'm like you're well, talking about the ibuprofen. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, I don't want to do that's that. That's how you can get blood. Can't, yeah. Is that how you can get a stroke? I mean, I'm sure there's or blood clots or yeah. whatever. Or just like you know, when you see people and like their face is puffy or you know their soreness isn't going away because they're inflamed because their body has all this inflammation. So you know, then I started doing other stuff like kombucha and just all this. But like, I feel like I feel so much better now. I know, I'm just like a walking example of all the things to do to stop inflammation but yeah i'll take a little thc before i go to bed and edible because it helps me sleep especially after shows i can't sleep after shows do you i don't know if you don't have to answer but do you take anything for like depression currently no i've never you never did no and that's why i i mean i think that exercise is the best medicine is i don't i think some people do need more than that I literally wish you could yell at me every day, and I know that I would be in such a better place if I had that. Well, this is why, but this is why, you know, if you ever, like, like on my Instagram and stuff, it's like I'm always... Yell at me at the gym, not yell at me. (laughs) I'm just showing people that I'm working, like, I'm working out because it's like, and I try to, sometimes I'll post like, hey, I know some of you guys think that I'm just posting about it because i'm trying to show off but this is how i deal with my shit dude like if this i didn't is how you hold yourself accountable. yeah like if i didn't work out i who knows where i'd be mentally you know yeah that's always been a common thing it's like even when i was younger like i would always go to the gym and just you know exercise out whatever i had and it, like i said some people might need more than that but like i do think it helps not think and know it helps like it's a the ton. best high i'm yeah. I literally it's the best high in the world after working out like you, nothing can replace that no we know anything the energy that you have like you know you don't have to have a, you don't have to like want a six-pack and want to be you know supermodel or fitness model i mean i do but yeah i mean and i kind of do too but like <laughs> Just to make you like, there's not, no one's going to work out and then afterwards be like, um, I regret that. You know, there's, right. there's those memes. I've never regretted the workout. I, yeah. There's I a, there's a meme take. that says like, you know, I really regret that workout said no one ever. It's like, it's so true because no matter what your goal is, it's going to make you feel better. And if you feel better, if your body feels better, your brain's going to feel better. And all those, you know, uh, endorphins and everything like that's like a real thing. What are some like, cause obviously being a personal trainer, and working in fitness, what are some, cause you deal with people who probably like don't ever work out ever and are coming to you. And I'm like, I need help, you right. know, save my, help me save my life. Cause mm-hmm. that's, um, what are some basic things people could do at home who may not have access to a gym or, um, at home or like what, like, I mean, to I mean, get that heart rate, uh, I'll, I mean, I'll obviously you, they can Google one of, all one, this. Stuff, one of the best, like, one of the best things is walking, mm-hmm. just walking like for like 15 minutes. 
for however I mean for getting out for thirty minutes yeah. getting out because it's yeah it's a combination of you're moving so you're active right you're so you're getting those endorphins going in your body you're getting blood circulating and so forth but you're also outside which is giving you the sun which helps the vitamin you know, D increase your mood as well so those two things combined like like I like running I I don't like running I I do but I don't you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I have like a love but like if I can run outside it it feels so good when I'm done because it's like I've gotten that sun. Right. I'm outside. I'm running. My body's like, you know, operating. It's just it, there's so many things going on. I can't I don't feel the same way when I run on a treadmill. Right. You know, there is a component to it being outside. So like without even a gym membership, just go for a walk or maybe mm-hmm. go for I mean, not everybody can run. I get that. Everyone could walk. That's true. There's not, I don't know. I mean, if, if you can't walk, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> when you, um, when you're having moments, I mean, I feel like I already know the answer, but like when you're feeling sad, like what are some things you do to, um, um I mean, I write, mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, obviously exercise. Yeah. Exercise. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like, it's so ingrained in me. I'm always going to work out. And I understand like some people, you know, if they have a bout with depression, like sometimes they don't want to get that's out of bed. That's my biggest is like getting over myself. Yeah. You know, getting. that's the biggest, <laughs> that's the hardest move right. in working out. It's just getting there. But getting like, I mean, some people are really depressed where they don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. And I get that. Um, and I think, you know, if you could afford it, you know, having like, signed up for it doesn't have to be a trainer but like a class or just a buddy to go on a hike with if you have that commitment then it's going to make you get out of bed mm-hmm. and having someone or something hold you accountable for sure yeah whether like i said whether you're paying them or whether it's just a friend like you know for me like i know i can like i have the motivation and the narcissism to just fucking go to the gym by myself mm-hmm. and just get it but like you know everyone i feel like has somebody that they can be like, hey, and if you don't, hit hit up me or Rachel. We'll do mm-hmm. it. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, like, let's go for a hike. Let's mm-hmm. go for a walk. Let's go to this class or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Just having that person hold you accountable. Um, it doesn't have to cost money. You know, there's a lot of free shit that you can get, mm-hmm. you know, in places. But, like, for me, it's just so, like, I have to go. Like, yeah. at some point every day, I'm going to have to go work out. Mm-hmm. And even though, like on the days when I'm resting, because you have to rest, you can't work out every day. Um, I still have to do something like, okay, I'll go, I'll walk to the store or I'll do this. So at least like I moved a little bit. So, cause I know you go on the road a lot, you know, and it's not like you always have access to the best Correct. equipment or, of course. So, um, um, it's trying, <laughs> trying to stay motivated, especially when you're going to places where it's not like they have like healthy eating, of you know, course. that you're eating, Okay, so that's a good point. You love barbecue, we know that. I do love barbecue. Um, Okay, so when I go on the road, um, I always make sure, and this isn't the best thing, but like it is... Because the road is lonely. So because you're not only taking care of yourself physically, how do you take care of yourself mentally? Um, I have to work out, Mm -hmm. no matter what. So in a perfect world, you know, I go to a place, and before I go, wherever I like this weekend, I was in Phoenix, you know, um, checked where I was staying and immediately I'm looking for the closest gyms to where I am, no matter what. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, depending on how far away they are, how much they might charge or whatever, I'm also looking for cool outdoor things that I can do. Like 
everywhere I go, no matter what. It's like not even it's not even an option. Um, so like you know, when I was in Phoenix, you know, I found a couple gyms that were nearby, checked those out. Um, lots of the time, I can sweet talk my way into like working out for free for like a day or two. Right. Most of the time, a lot of them have like week long. Yeah, it's it's weird, but like guest passes. If I'm usually polite, I could usually get people to let me in for free or so forth. Um, but if not, like I went, you know, I found this 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 mountain out there that's like a big hike that everyone said was great, and I was like, all right, I'll, co- I'll go check that out, and it was awesome. Like I could have just done that every day that I was there, and it would have been a great where it was like a it was like a four mile hike round oh, wow. tr- round trip, and but it was like hard. It wasn't like it wasn't like Runyon Canyon where you're just walking up a, like. You're walking up a mountain. Yeah, but like running canyons, like it's paved. Right. You know what I mean? Like this it's isn't not, paved. No, this is like you're climbing rocks. It took dude. you four hours. It took me two hours. It's four miles. Did you have any equipment? No, it's there. So there's certain parts of the hike. There's like a bar that you have to hold on to because, or. or or have like your own equipment because you'll slip. Like it's so slippery and steep. But it was great. And so it was like anyone can find yeah. something like that somewhere. Right. Like, you know, I've been, you know, I've been to, to Wichita, Kansas, and they have like this, this pretty river and you can run along the river if the weather permits. But there's also a gym nearby and it's not right. that expensive to go. Like for me, like no matter what, no matter what city I'm in, you know, if I'm lucky, the hotel will have something. You know, a lot of times it doesn't. But if I'm lucky, it will. Um, usually casinos are generally pretty good at having some sort of fitness thing but like i always research that ahead of time just because right. it's important to me because um, i can't just sit in my room all day long like a lot of comics do because that would make me sad yeah that would make me more sad and driving you know like next next week i'm going to be i have to go to new mexico that's like it's like a 14 hour drive so i'm gonna have to split it up into two days um but like when i get to uh, when i get there i'm gonna i'm gonna re- before i get there i'm gonna research when you're on the road, when you're driving, yeah, you listen to podcasts, you listen to music, both, yeah, yeah. It depends on if I'm right, with a, not on, not when I'm in the car. Okay, but, but are you tra- are you usually traveling by yourself? So most of the time, you yeah. know how it is. Um, yeah, so it just depends on if I'm with somebody or not. Um, if I'm by myself, it's a lot of podcasts, um, a lot of Justin Timberlake and In Sync, just me fucking singing along in there. Uh, Every once in a while, I know some people do this, but like I'll think of a joke or something yeah. and I'll turn my phone on and just start you know, speak it into my yeah. phone and then go back and whatever. Because you have to do that. Yeah. So, so I feel like so many times I've been like, I had an idea that I thought was really funny and I'll write it down later and then I don't and then I forget. And I'm like, oh, that was fucking that. so funny. And you never think about it again, ever. You're like, God damn it. Yeah. But, but when I'm on the road, I take a lot of protein bars with me. For sure. Make sure you have your food. Because and- Yeah, because, you know, if you're driving in the middle of nowhere, you can't stop at a truck stop and expect, you know, them to have some. So I always have my bars. And then I'm less hungry, you know, when I'm traveling. I'm less likely to stop at that one McDonald's that's on the highway or whatever. Um, and it just I just feel better right? if I do that. Then. Do you think that because of what you went through with, like, your ex, how you know, that moment that you are better prepared for when something like that happens. Like if there's like a death or like, you'll be able to kind of navigate your way through the grief better. I mean, I think that losing my mom, like that's like 
the lowest emotional point. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. Because you have dealt with the closest loss. Yeah. Like that was for me. Was this breakup after? Yeah. 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 So it's just, yeah. It's amazing that you've been able to deal with such loss and grief and not be able to go on medication and just kind of, you know, really work like through working out and which I think is like the ultimate self care. It helps. Um, you've been able to kind of emotionally manage yourself kind of. I mean, therapy helped too. Don't get me wrong. Like through therapy and working out, which is like a combination of all those things, which for me personally, like I don't like to, I don't like to give people medical advice. I only like to speak on what I personally know what works for me. And I just think that talk therapy and exercises like the utmost important and oftentimes will and can replace pharmaceuticals but i also know that not everyone can afford either of those and or has access or the will or you know don't physically can't do you know what what we do in the gym but i do think it works wonders i feel like too uh, as far as like i'm a big advocate advocate for therapy even you don't have to hire a therapist but like if you do have like you know insurance or whatever where you can do it I, it, I learned that apparently whatever you can pay, they can find there are they, pla- they are obligated to find. There are places like that. Yeah. In like California. They take sliding scale. Yeah. yeah sliding that's, 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 that's what, what I said. Um, and you, you've had success with that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because so what happened was I thought when, when my girlfriend broke up with me or when we broke up, whatever, um, I, uh, I was looking like I wanted, I want, I thought I needed meds. Um, but with where where I work at the time, we got like I think I got like four or five therapy sessions with okay. my insurance or with my you know th- what I had with them, and then once I was done, um, she was like, okay, well, you know your company only covers this, so now you know we can do. She worked out a deal with me. She gave me sliding scale, so we figured out how much I made, and it was great. Like That's so, awesome. I mean, I feel like I was paying fifty bucks a session. Okay, I think which at where I was mentally and emotionally was like. That was an investment for myself. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think that having a third party that's not emo- like, you know, it's one thing to talk to friends and family and stuff, people that know you, they're going to tell you things based on them knowing you. Mm-hmm. Whereas a professional. Like an outsider perspective. Yes. Someone on the outside, someone who studied this and <clears throat> whatever, they know all the behaviors, all the dependent, like all those things an outside person come in and dissect everything and tell you exactly what you're like. It's like super helpful. Yes. Cause yeah. I mean, you know that your friend, even though like it, it does help having your friends and your family tell you things, but you know, they want what's best for you. And so sometimes they may not tell you exactly what you need to hear. Or, right. You know what I mean? But just having a stranger that's not invested in you emotionally give you this, adv- you're like, Oh, okay, okay. cool. This is, that's what helpful. it needs to be. And yeah, like I said, you know, so a lot of people do sliding. You can call around and find places that do sliding scale. There's hotlines and stuff that are totally anonymous, but like those people are super trained, you know, to do that. Um, so like, I know like, uh, I've been trying to, uh, to volunteer for the Trevor project. Okay. Um, but like they're, uh, they have like a, a waiting period because they put everybody through like this crazy training. Okay. Um, so I can't Do you go know, through. Can you talk about the Trevor? Project? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a uh, basically they help like uh, um, gay and oh, okay. like LGBTQ was, uh, like teenagers. And this stuff. is after the guy that got killed. 
Maybe I don't know what the I, I should yeah. probably know why it's called the Trevor Project, but that, I, mean, I that, believe that, it's from that the the guy that was killed years ago. For, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, for being gay, probably they killed him. Yeah, it was like a horrible sense. crime. Um, so yeah, there's like you know they have they have counseling and like call lines and whatever, but they make you go through like a crazy training. I don't but, know if that's the same one because now I'm thinking of a different name. But yeah, yeah. I get what you're but, saying. But I mean, the same thing. That's cool. But so like, you're getting involved in giving back based off your experience. And kind well, of I, yeah, I haven't done it. But point being is you like, want to. if you call into these places, these are people that are trained to help you. Right. Is it like a hot, it's basically a hotline. It's, it's multiple things. They yeah. do, they do in-person counseling. They do, they do like fundraising. They do all kinds of stuff. But I want it to be a person like that they can call in, like work at the call center. Yeah. I mean, you kind of, in a sense, are a person because every time you get up on stage and you share your experience, that's true. You know, you never know, like how who you're connecting so with. So many people. Like, I never thought that. Like, like I just thought it was a cool way to like kind of talk shit about my dad for all the shit that he gave me. But like, and so especially like, not so much here in LA, but like when I travel across the country. So many people know people that have, my dad. My dad smoked and used, uh, smoked and used meth. There's sold meth for those of you guys that aren't familiar with my. I've also received several friend requests from him on Facebook. My story. I know me too. <laughs> I call. I'm like Pete. <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. And people people send me send me stuff. Hey, I just got, I think someone spammed your account. I got a friend request. I'm like, it's my dad. You know the guy I talk about on stage. That's him. <laughs> Like 20, I have, like, I don't get service here, but Mm. there's got to be, like, 20-something friend requests from him, and it's just, like, um, but, like, so many people, when I travel, are, like, yeah, you know, my dad's in prison for selling meth, or my sister got in, and it's, like, it... For it's a, so healing for, a for drug probably that, both yeah, of you. For a drug that's not that common, like, you don't know, I don't know a lot of people that did meth. Like, mm-hmm. everyone, I feel like, smokes weed, and, you know, we're in L.A., so everyone does blow and whatever, but, I mean, I don't know a lot of people that dabble in meth but like when i travel it seems very common in a lot of places yeah i mean you're going to yeah. like middle I mean, america thanks yeah i'm killing it <laughs> you're crushing in the meth states <laughs> but yeah i mean it's true it's like a lot of people can relate to that and i'm just like and that's why i always want like it's hard to come up with new stuff about him but like i always want that to be like something that i address because there are so many people that can relate to it you know yeah. And how it's affected them. And it's like, yeah, I like the fact that I can use what I went through and just make people laugh and make a little bit of money doing it. That's not bad. Where, what do you see yourself doing five years from now? Five years from now, um, headlining all over the place. Um, and I mean, I'd like to I have a show that I want to pitch. Um, I think we've talked about this, but I mean, it's something that I do already, but like I'd like like kind of like a travel channel show mm-hmm. because when I travel, I travel so much doing comedy and I do make it a point to find like gyms and stuff, you know, yeah. kind of like a, like a Guy Fieri, but like for like, okay, if you're in this city, go to, I think it'd be brilliant if you were that guy that went and fixed people's shitty ass gyms. Oh, like, that would be great. Like gym rescue. <laughs> yeah, gym rescue. <laughs> I think you should do that. Dude, just go in and just like walk into people's CrossFits. You're like, this is not a CrossFit. This is a fucking garage. Like, that in a, in a that would work, dude. I went gym <laughs> rescue. You so should, in should, a, you, this is, you heard it here first. Pete, yeah. Pete's doing this it. weekend. I was, so I went to two different gyms in Phoenix. One was like a country club type thing. And it was like super, it was very nice. 
um, huge. It had like tennis courts and everything. And then like you walk in, people are just working out in flip flops, and you're just talking shit. It was <laughs> it was it was it was great. But then I went to another gym because uh, it was closer to the club, and I didn't have as much time. I didn't like I didn't have time to go back. So I was like, let me try to find a gym close to the club, and I'll just shower here. And it was a shithole. And I was like, okay. I mean, yeah. I was like, damn it. But it's the worst. Yeah, so that would be funny to go in there and be like, okay, guys, we need to fucking do that'd this. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I would but, actually watch you in, go in and talk shit about shitty gyms. <laughs> but there's some nice ones. Like, you know, when you go to places, like when I go to places, you wouldn't expect a place like Tulsa, Oklahoma to have like a really nice facility. Like, you know, I thought what you think about when you think about places. You think they ab- do? Yeah, there's this one of my favorite gyms in the country is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I would never know that having not done comedy. Is it a is it like a mom and pop or is it No, a- it's I think there's like two or three in the Tulsa area. They're called, it's called Sky Fitness. Shout out to Sky Fitness. Um but it's like it's kinda like I guess like Equinox would be here, you know, like it they have like, you know, like fancy lotion and soap and everything and like the shower. Eucalyptus. And, uh, yeah, like shit like that in in the bathrooms and then they have like a rock climbing wall and like all these different like uh they have like a spin room and a this I know this is probably boring to people no, that you're, don't you're, work out you're, for, you're getting a but, future sponsor but it's super nice you know and so you wouldn't like so when i travel and like i'm in a place like tulsa i'm like oh i can spend three hours here because it's nice and it for for me i, I talk about this too is like the, the you know we talked about the road is super lonely mm-hmm. right but i can find a gym somewhere and then there's something about like the familiarity of everything like right even though i'm in the city yeah where i don't know anyone i'm in this gym so i can feel at home in a gym and if it's a nice gym it's like okay well cool even better like that's That's cool cool. yeah and there's a lot of towns that you wouldn't think would have nice gyms that do well that just goes to show you the value that even in places yeah you know that aren't la yeah like uh like where else was i when i went to like boise idaho Mm. same thing one of my favorite gyms is in boise idaho it's like wow there's a lot of places that have like really nice and you're like, okay, why is everyone here so fat? If, <laughs> if these gyms are super nice, like well, I don't get it. And it's not that expensive here either, but whatever. That's true. Yeah. Well, what, um, what's, what, any, what do you want to promote? Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to be at the ice house. When, when will people hear this? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure yet. Okay. I mean, if, Promote, they, um, if you hear this before uh, March 14th, which probably won't because today's the 13th. Um, you won't hear this let's before Let's see. March I'm going to be at Levity Live okay. on March 27th in Oxnard with my buddy Eric Rivera. Perfect. Um, and then I'm going to be at Zany's in Chicago, April 15th through 20th. I've never, okay. I've never been to Zany's in Chicago, so that's exciting. Amazing. Um, and then I will be at the Ice House here on May 4th. And I think we can put you on there. You want to go? You want to do May 4th? It? I think it's a Thursday. I'm like, we'll check after, but I would love to be on the right Ice here. House on May 4th. Uh, we'll check after. But. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. It's May... Shit. Wait, is it May 4th? I should probably fucking check. Yeah. I wish I had... Okay, we'll talk about this later. Yeah, we'll talk after. But what are? What about... See. Where can people find you on social media? Um, at Peter Sirs on everywhere. On Twitter, on Instagram... Even Facebook. I don't have 5,000 friends on Facebook yet, so we could do that, too. You look stoned in the picture we took. Really? I love it. Your eyes are... Is that just how you smile? Maybe. Your That's eyes are hilarious. Yeah, I love it. That's so weird. We both look so stoned. Anyways, um, 
you're amazing thank you for being my friend and for being um in my life and supporting me uh-huh. and pushing me to be a better person well thank you buddy i'm glad you always make me laugh Oh, when well, we're training. Thank you. And everyone, and I'm talking shit about people. Everyone at the other gym likes you too. Really? They're like, when's the, when's the, uh, that weed girl gonna come in here? <laughs> the mu- uh, muscle mechanics. Oh, no, the other place that. Or model fitness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, model fit. Yeah. Oh, was I not supposed to say the name? Yeah, it's fine. Oh God. Now people know where we work out. Thank you for sharing your your experience, and you're the best. Yeah, thank you, Ben. And this has been another episode of Chronic Relief. As always, thank you to our sponsor, Top Tree. Top Tree.